Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, y'all. Coming up at Roland Martin Unfiltered for Wednesday, May 15, 2019. All kinds of drama in Alabama. They're poised to pass the most restrictive abortion ban in the country. Republican-controlled and male-dominated legislature voted to make abortion illegal in all cases. Unless the mother's life is in danger, you couldn't get, could get in prison up to 99 years. We'll talk about that with one of the state officials uh, who was against it. The, the real culprits in the NCAA recruiting trials get a pass while black assistant coaches took the fall. We'll discuss that as well. And his name wasn't even Quentin. A case of mistaken identity in Texas gets ugly when police racially profile a man in his own front yard. The nut from West, Westboro Baptist Church planned a protest at Spelman, Morehouse, and Clark Atlanta University. The church is identified as a hate group of the Southern Poverty Law Center and monitored by the FBI. Plus, what it means to be a moral man. We'll talk with the author of a new book on that subject. And I got a crazy-ass white woman who's running for mayor of Denver. She don't even know what the hell the NAACP stands for. Wait until I show y'all this video. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the 
right, folks, so Alabama being Alabama, where the Senate approved a measure uh, late on Tuesday that would outlaw almost all abortions in the state, setting up a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade, the case that recognized a woman's constitutional right to end a pregnancy. It was by design. The person who crafted the bill said that was exactly what he wanted. Republicans, conservatives, white conservative evangelicals have been pining for years for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, with five Supreme Court justices who are conservative, they believe that this is the moment. This measure, only three women uh, had a vote in the legislature. On the Republican side, there are no women at all in the legislature. Here is Senator Vivian Figures, who is questioning Senator Clyde Chambliss about this bill. Lord, listen to this white man not be able to answer a question. All right, we got some issues with the audio, so guys, please let me know uh, once we have that fixed, uh, because I would love to. Uh, I would love for y'all to hear uh, her questioning uh, uh, Chambliss. Actually, it was a trip because uh, here you got a man who cannot answer the question at all, and that was even that was a late moment where they tried to actually uh, have an addendum uh, to say in the cape of rape or incest to allow a, a woman to have uh, an abortion. In Alabama, they said no. They actually said, no, that's what you're dealing with, folks, in the state of Alabama. Uh, uh, here we go to my iPad, please. Say aye. Oh, no, Any oh, opposed? Oh, 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 motion passes. Oh, oh. Committee Mr. amendment Chairman, is tabled. Mr. Mr. Senator Chambliss. There was no motion. There was no motion. There was a motion. There he made a motion. motion. He didn't even mm. make a motion, Mr. President. Hold on, sir, he did not make a motion. Now, folks, this was last week. That video was from last week when they were trying to actually uh, push this thing through. Uh, and that was in a committee hearing where they didn't even want any debate whatsoever. That's what they actually tried to do last week. Uh, but this week, they've actually moved forward uh, and passed it. Do we have the video now uh, where the audio is fixed? Okay, so we're still having uh, audio issues. Uh, and so let me see if I can find what Vivian had to say. Uh, uh, give me a second here. I want to bring in our panel right here, first and foremost, uh, to talk about this here. First of all, let me explain to you that the bill bans abortion at every stage of pregnancy and criminalizes the procedure for doctors who could be charged with felonies and face up to 99 years in prison. It includes an exception for cases where the mother's life is at serious risk, but not for cases of rape or incest. It now moves to the desk of Republican Governor Kay Ivey. The question is, will she actually sign it? Uh, joining us right now, uh, A. Scott Bolton, former chair, National Bar Association Political Action Committee, Julian Malvo, economist, president emerita Bennett College, Dr. Jason Nichols, African-American Studies, University of Maryland. Uh, Julian, when, when you look at this, I mean, again, white conservatives have been desperately wanting the Supreme Court to outlaw Roe v. Wade. This bill, the one in Ohio, the one in Georgia, they're passing these all across the state, all across the country, because they want the Supreme Court to rule, because they think by having Gorsuch, by having Kavanaugh, Alito, Roberts, and Thomas, that they now can overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, first of all, um, 
Roberts is a very conservative jurist. Conservative from the perspective that he's not going to overturn. I don't think he will overturn Roe v. Wade. Remember, he is the jurist who sided with Obamacare. He moves slowly on things. I think that... Uh, well, for him, all of a sudden, to come to swing vote is scary. But go ahead. It is very but scary. He is but he, he is the swing vote. And the other thing, I mean, protest theater hit high art when those women went dressed like the handmaids, the handmaiden's tail with the red on. And, you know, it really mm -hmm. it does speak to this. What these folks are trying to do is control the means of production. And the means of production in terms of population are women. The other thing that we must think about is that these are the same states that have the, low, the highest poverty rates. Mm -hmm. So if you're so interested in having children come here, how come you're not interested in having food stamps and Medicare and all the things that children need to thrive? These people are hypocrites and they're crazy, and but they have a strategy. Hold on one second. It looks like we have the video fixed. So let's go ahead. I'm going to show you uh, what the senator had to say as this was being debated on the floor of the Alabama Senate. Well, do you, do you know so, what it's like to be raped? No, ma'am, I don't. Do you know what it's like to have a relative commit incest on you? On me, no, ma'am. Yes, on you. Okay. So that's one of those traumas that a person experiences, just like that child experienced. And to take that choice away from that person who had such a traumatic act committed against them, to be left with the residue of that person, if you will, to have to bring that child into this world and be reminded of that every single day. Some people can do that. You know, some people can, but some can't. Sure. So, but why would you not want a woman to at least have that exception for such a horrific act? Because I believe that when that unborn child becomes a person, and we need legal guidance on when that is. But that's not your business. That is not your business. You don't have to raise that child. You don't have to carry that child. You don't have to provide for that child. You don't have to do anything for that child. But yet, you want to make the decision for that woman that that's what she has to do. I want to make the decision for that child. Well, Senator. You know, there is no law in this country on the books that says what a man can or cannot do with his body. Did you know that? And it's really amazing that when you talk about abortion, that means somebody is pregnant. But guess how that woman got pregnant? By a man. She can't get pregnant any other way. All right, uh, Scott, uh, again, when you listen to that and you listen to uh, all of these white men uh, standing in the Alabama Senate. There were many. Uh, and, and that, they were all they white. They were all white. And, again, and, and, and to her point, uh, look, it's not like they're advancing a bill to say, let's have statewide bisectomies in Alabama. <laughs> not at all. God forbid that. Controlling or making a decision on a man's body. Whew. Let me, let me say this. They don't even. The even. Republicans always. They, they, Another great hypocrisy the Republicans is, is they want all these children to be born, rightfully or wrongfully, and then when they get here, those red states who t get more government entitlement than anybody else, then they complain about government entitlement. They want to cut the government entitlement oh, yeah. to the children that they're forcing these women to have. I mean, it's, a, it's hypocrisy. But, but, but the other thing is this. Um, 
you're right about getting to the Supreme Court, but in the 11th Circuit, I think we're in the 11th Circuit, you got to go, somebody's going to file a lawsuit, and then it's got to go to the 11th Circuit, and then it's got to go to the Supreme Court. It may not make it there, despite the number of conservatives that are in these lower courts, but, but watch what happens at the Supreme Court. They want the denouement. They want the showdown, if you will. This law is as, is as restrictive as the pre-Wade uh, uh, laws were in the 40s, 50s, and part of the 60s. And so they're going to get their showdown, whoever the president is. This is why the election in 2020 becomes even more important, oh, yeah. because you had these Supreme Court justices who may or may not still be there, but only 15 percent, Roland, 15 percent roughly of America believes that we need the abortion laws changed in this country. The other Republican and Democrats think they're just fine or they need to be even less restrictive. But Jason, the reality is it doesn't matter. Republicans don't care about that polling data. They want this law overturned. The reason they were so supportive of Donald Trump, two things. They were well, actually three things. They want Roe v. Wade overturned, they want same-sex marriage overturned, and they want most civil rights laws overturned. Absolutely. And, and I, would, I would actually um, add a little bit to what Julian said, and that is that Alabama is number two in the nation in infant mortality. So if you're concerned with the lives of, of, of children, you know, why not the children that are actually born that are dying in your state, almost nine out of every thousand live births? So obviously that's not really the concern here. It is about, as, as uh, Scott said, it is about controlling women's bodies, making decisions for them. And uh, I would also say that this also, you know, it's all a windfall from, uh, you know, voter suppression. We know that a third of the African-American men in the state of Alabama cannot vote due to a felony conviction. You know, you have all these uh, issues with trying right. to keep black people from voting. And we know that black people... I think would would be uh, think on the front line. Bill is about keeping black people from voting no. uh, by making them have the, all these babies. <laughs> no, they, no, no, no. It's, it's, I like it, kind of. Actually, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to go to State Senator Linda Coleman Madison, who joins us via FaceTime. Uh, Senator Matt, Coleman Madison, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, so, what was it like to stand there on the floor and you're listening to all these men uh, talk about this issue? to what Jason just said, you, if Alabama's number two in the nation with infant mortality, they don't want to address that. They don't want to address the health care in Alabama. Don't want to address the economics in Alabama, but they want to spend this amount of time on this issue. We spend a lot of time on, on this issue. It comes up every year. I've been in the Senate for 17 years, and almost every year the same issue comes up. For several years, this bill was sponsored by the male in the, in the Senate. And um, you get tired of fighting the same battle. But if people look at, and I've just received a note that the governor has just signed the bill. Oh, mm. It's a sad state. Mm. That is a sad state of affairs for the, for, for the state of Alabama. And it says a lot to the whole world how far we have come mm. and yet how far that we have taken a back step by, by this one act of uh, redefining the rights of women. Uh, uh, defining and, and eliminating choices for, for women, uh, not only this generation, but future generations. So it's just sad. You have a majority held, uh, um, legislature held by men that are making decisions that uh, govern the bodies of women and their health and welfare. Um, when, when we played the video of one of your colleagues challenging 
uh, one of the male uh, Republicans and saying, have you ever been raped? And uh, why should the person that carry uh, that baby? And for him to say, I care about the baby, let's just cut to the chase. You know, doggone well, if, uh, if, 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 if somebody black or somebody Hispanic raped one of their daughters, <laughs> no, I'm going to go there. Ain't no way in hell, <laughs> ain't no way they're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to love this child, we're going to care the baby. Go That's there, nonsense. Go there, having Roland. that black baby. Yeah. <laughs> Senator, go ahead. You're, you're absolutely right, and that's the point that I was making. You can't tell me that you are making these laws. If this happened to your wife, mm. your child, your mother, you're going to pass a law and say that it's okay. We're going to love this child. We're going to keep it. You're going to have to have it because the law that you pass now that you wow. have placed and forced upon everyone else, you've got the means and the wherewithal and the connection to go to another state and get an abortion. This has been, this is history rep repeating mm -hmm. itself. Very much so. um, obviously, they want the Supreme Court to rule on this. The sponsor said that's why he even pushed the bill. Absolutely. Absolutely. The House sponsor, it, it really isn't about uh, the life of the baby or the sanctity of life. It's about reversing Roe v. Wade. That's what they said. They understood this bill is unconstitutional. That is not the issue with them. They want to be the one to get to the top of the hill, plant that flag, and said it was Alabama that caused a reversal of Roe v. Wade. Last question for you. Um, I was watching the, the discussion on The View, and Megan McCain was talking about how she is ardently pro-life, and Sonny Hostin was talking about her being raised Catholic, also being an attorney, and she says, well, the Catholic Church, Megan goes, well, the Catholic Church is, is, a, is, is absolutely pro-life, and she says, yeah, but they also are pro-gun control, and they also anti-death penalty. So that's what amazes me when I listen to these people who say that they're so pro-life, but they are some of the biggest supporters of the death penalty. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm pro-life, but quite frankly, my rights stop where yours begin. And although I have my own convictions, I would not um, demand or force my feelings, my convictions, my beliefs, my religion on anyone else. I will tell you about it and give you that choice. I think all women should have that choice. This bill was not necessary, number one, because if a woman wants to have the child, she has that choice to have it now. But I don't think that you have the right to force me to have one when I choose not to. So what you've done is injected your own faith or beliefs or whatever on me. I have no choice. You have taken away my voice. Senator Linda Coleman-Madison, we surely appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Uh, uh, final round before, uh, discussion here before we go uh, to uh, my, my next story. Um, again, what, what is interesting to me is when I see this whole conversation, they don't want to have a ish discussion about the economics of how much women make in that state. They don't want to have a conversation about rural hospitals shutting down in Alabama. Yeah. They don't want to have a conversation about mm. high cancer rates and things along those lines. And so my deal is if y'all want to have a medical conversation, if you want to have a healthcare conversation, let's have it. Yes. But to somehow say, let's narrow this thing just to abortion, it shows that they don't want to deal with these other issues. Precisely. Well, my line is, look, if you don't like abortion, don't have one. I don't know how many uh, 
the orange man has paid for. So that just saying. But more importantly, this is a tax on poor women. This is an imposition on poor women. Any person with means, you got a grand, you can go to the next state, you can come up north, you can go, you know, people used to have to go to Mexico. So, but, but women who are unlimited incomes or making the minimum wage, they don't have those, those kind of dollars. And basically, they will end up with children that they don't want. Now, let's not jump the gun. This is going to be appealed. Uh, they want to go to the Supreme Court. It's going to be appealed. It won't go into effect immediately. But this is something of great concern, especially for poor women and most, many poor women, a disproportionate number are poor women of color. So this is really, you know, a black tax. And, and, and again, for me, Scott, this is, okay, so again, if we want to have a discussion about abortion and have a discussion about the issue of, uh, of life, okay, we're going to talk about resources. We're going to talk about Head Start. We're going to talk about all those things, and that, to me, is what they don't, they never want to deal with. Because they can't win that debate. They can't no. win that discussion. And so, therefore, they avoid it. Look what the GOP does in the House and Senate over the last two years. They just don't debate it. They just don't want to import their will on it. Uh, this is a rallying cry. Uh, look for coalitions of civil rights and human rights groups, women groups, and, and others to coalesce around this issue now and make the push against uh, the courts uh, upholding this clearly illegal law. The precedent on this, they've got to honor. The courts do. And so if the courts strike it down, the appeal process will run its course, and it'll run to the Supreme Court. And the, the coalitions have got to have the best and the brightest and the largest push against what promises to be a big GOP push for this same debate. The fight's going to end and begin, the real fight, at the Supreme Court. And so we ought to stay tuned for that. Uh, and, uh, Jason, before I uh, hear me, go to my uh, iPad, please. Uh, in fact, Alabama as number one mm -hmm. in the country for infant mortality. Mm -hmm. Number one. Go ahead. Yeah. So, and okay. where are they for entitlements? Right. I wish you pull that up. They're one of the top and, 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 and yep. poverty. Go ahead. Where are they with go poverty? Ahead. I'll, I'll just say, um, you look at places like Uniontown, Alabama, where they have terrible uh, environmental racism that is actually claiming lives of not only young people but older people and, and other people. If you're concerned with life, and not only uh, that, but we look at, when we're looking at uh, these laws, I don't think anybody would call themselves pro-abortion, uh, but when you look at these laws, they're actually going to create a black market and put a lot of people in danger. So I don't think people are going to drive uh, to Mexico. I think what they're going to do is somebody's going to do some dangerous process in their house which is going to put a lot of women in danger. You're going to have people who are dying because of this even more. But the people in Alabama, the, the people at the top, the Republicans, they don't care about who dies and who lives, particularly when it comes to women. All right, then. And so, folks, we will see exactly uh, what happens. And uh, this is, uh, this is uh, go to my iPad, please. This is uh, the governor of Alabama uh, signing that law. And she said, today I signed into law the Alabama Human Life Protection Act. To the bill's many supporters, this legislation stands as a powerful testament to Alabamians' deeply held belief that every life is precious and that every life is a sacred gift from God. But like I said, they support the death penalty. So what she said is a flat-out lie. Thank All right, folks, let's talk, let's talk about some sports here. Um, have you been, we've been following the case of this federal government. They've been going after these assistant coaches in basketball. Uh, for accepting bribes. And so there have been 10 arrests and two federal trials. And the question remains is, are the folks who did wrong going to jail? Now, here's the deal. 
The assistant head coaches were working with uh, sports manufacturers. Adidas is one of those companies, and so his, a couple of Adidas execs were arrested, and all the assistant coaches. Some of them have actually pled guilty. They had wiretaps as well. But here's what's interesting. Not a single head coach is on trial. Not one. Even though there are wiretaps where there are coaches who are on there talking about cutting deals to land major players. And so... Who's the getting all caught up? Who are the ones going to prison? Yes, the black assistant coaches. Jamal Murphy uh, is a sports writer for Undefeated. They've actually uh, talked about this here. Uh, and Jamal is, is very interesting because uh, Chuck, Chuck Person, former NBA player, is one of those folks. Uh, uh, assistant coaches in Arizona and LSU, Auburn, a bunch of different schools uh, have gotten caught up in this. And the coaches, I mean, the judge even ruled the coaches didn't have to testify. You, right. you and I both know no assistant coach can cut a deal to negotiate to bring a player unless that head coach is in on it. That's right, as far as I've ever heard, for sure. And no, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a very sad situation for, especially for assistant coaches. 56% uh, of the assistant coaches uh, in Power Five college, ba uh, co Power Five college basketball schools are black but then only 17 percent of the head coaches are black so it seems as if you know these coaches are kind of being used to to play in this dirty game of recruiting and and then of course we have the situation where uh you know the the entire business is basically uh you know built on the backs of of unpaid black labor playing the games but then when things go wrong uh the scapegoats uh turn out to be black men as well, even though the, hardly any of them are head coaches. And again, following this, uh, follow, let's look at these convictions. You had the coach in LSU who they caught on wiretaps. Uh, he wouldn't talk to LSU. He got suspended. And then once they finally had a conversation, he came back. You got the guy, the head coach out at Arizona, the head coach uh, in Kansas, Rick Patino. He was forced out as well. I mean, you have these, and again, if anybody who understands athletics, first and foremost, no assistant coach decides we're going to go recruit a player. First of all, the head coach says, I want that guy. And then when you have head coaches who are on the tape, uh, caught on tape talking about uh, how much they actually have been giving, it says a lot. And one of the guys uh, who was uh, on trial, he, he talked about how this one coach was giving uh, this top player in Arizona 10 grand a month. Right. Yeah, one one of the uh, the men who was convicted of this, Christian Dawkins, was actually just a runner uh, for an agent, and he was trying to to uh, you know start his own uh, NBA agency and where he would represent players. And he talked about it, you know, that when he was working for an agent, that was his job, basically to pay players and stuff like that. So not only are they not going after the head coaches, who, like you say, um, assistant coaches can't do anything without the head coaches okay. I know some people will say, oh, well, you know, they, the, the head coaches will tell the assistant coaches just go find me the best players and that's it. But there's no, there's no way that an assistant coach is going gonna, is gonna to put the head coach in jeopardy like that without, without the head coach at least knowing what's going on. So that, that's not true. And not only were they not going after head coaches, but like I said before, uh, we know that agents partake in this kind of activity, which used to be just, uh, you know, uh, NCAA violations, but now um, they've become criminal uh, violations and, and legal violations to where guys are being put in jail over this stuff. 
And it's just, you know, like I said before, it's just sad that, you know, eight eight of nine of the of the of coaches or the or the uh, runners that were that either were convicted or pleaded guilty were uh, per- people of color. Seven of nine, seven of seven of the nine were black. Um, so it's, there's definitely some in, inequity there in terms of. Uh, you know, what ended up happening in the criminal justice system. So Scott Bolden is over here whining. So what do you mean it's not true, I don't Scott? Whine. You're whining. I don't whine at all. No, oh, it's Let not true. That. Really? No, that is not true. And since I'm a former prosecutor and I'm also a, a criminal defense attorney, let me shed light on a few things. Come on. One, one, a head coach talking on tape about committing a crime, about committing a crime, is not illegal. These runners and what have you paying students before they get to college is not a crime. Actually, and it so is. It, no, I'm sorry. It, no, it is illegal no, according to NCAA no, standards, it and it's illegal you're, according to the contract. You're, you're talking if about a, them being in the NCAA. I'm talking about before they get to the NCAA, Roland. Oh. Before they get to the NCAA, paying a player in AAU or any other pre-college pair, uh, a program is not illegal. No, that's incorrect. Let me say this. No, 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 Scott, 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 it's just not. Scott, that is incorrect. It's just the NCAA, not the NCAA, one more time, you Scott, argue Scott, with lawyer Scott, 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 the NCAA, <laughs> the NCAA has, Scott, you're wrong. Get there. You're wrong. Before Jason, they get there. Jamal, Jamal, can you please yes. explain to Scott no. how the NCAA no. has ruled a number, let me finish, a number of players, a number of players to be ineligible right. because they accepted benefits prior to even coming to college. Jamal, go ahead. Prior to being recruited I think, for college. I, I, think, I think both of you are correct in a way. I think exactly. It's, it's definitely a violation. It's an NCAA violation to where uh, the kid could get in trouble, the kid could, could you know, have his eligibility taken away. So it's definitely something that will hurt, will hurt the kid uh, if it's found out. And it can hurt the schools as well. But it's technically not a crime here uh, unless, you know, the, the reason they made it, uh, they, 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 uh, they, they got these college coaches hemmed up on bribery charges is because that's where the crime was. The crime exactly. was the bribery charge that, that the right. runners were paying to the coaches. And, and what they I said saying, is this. They were saying, and, right, they were saying that if you pay the players, it's, it's, still a, it's still wrong and it's still a violation. But technically the crime is that they paid the coaches. And here's what Ooh, I yeah. And here's what Ooh, I yeah. said. And I, I did not say crime. What I'm speaking of oh, is that in the contracts, in the contracts of these coaches, they are not yes. to violate NCAA rules. Of they course. are not to also do anything Wait. that could get a university put on probation and have sanctions. And what of I'm course. saying is not only have these coaches not been on trial, they also have not been penalized by their institutions. They still have their jobs, and they still are out there. In fact, wait, uh, the coach at LSU, okay, who was implicated, uh, he said, first of all, LSU said, we want you to come in and talk to us. He said, no. They suspended him as LSU was going to play in the SEC tournament NCAAs. He then right. later sat down and talked to LSU after a period of time, then they allowed him to come back as head coach. What I'm saying is, you cannot convince me that the head coach at LSU was not aware that his assistant coaches were engaged in these activities and trying to recruit a player. Let me convince you. You cannot can convince, I, can me convince me you? at the coach at Arizona and the coach at Kansas and the coach at Louisville and the coach at Auburn. Let Jamal, go ahead, oh, and then I'll go to shit. Scott and then Jason. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you, can't convince, you can't convince me of that either. And um, I think the you know, it's one thing to say it's it's one thing to say 
you know, maybe the school president didn't know and maybe the AD didn't know. Um, maybe that, you know, they're looking, you know, they're looking more towards long term in terms of, you know, making sure that the school is profitable and, the, and the, that the team remains good. But the coaches themselves are more short term. Um, there's no way an assistant coach is going to is going to put his his head coach on the line. He's basically putting his head coach on the line by paying players. So at least at least he at least has to know um, either you know, either through sign language or something that, <laughs> that, it's, that it's okay, that, but, that, that, that that head coach okay, but, is, okaying, is, is okay with him doing whatever it takes to get that job done. Well, and and again, those of us who cover sports for years, those of us who know coaches, those of us who know players. Those of us who know those, sports. No, well, I don't know about that. No, I know those, all about Those of sports. us who understand. And I've represented my fair share. Those, those of so, us who also work in athletic departments <laughs> know how this game is played. And so the bottom line is the black assistant coaches uh, are taking a fall while these largely white head coaches are keeping their three, well, four, minute. and $5 million salaries. Well, wait a and that's what's going on. Well, Scott, on. go ahead. The, 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 the head coaches are smart. This is how they don't know. They don't want to know. I know the well, game, and I know the okay. coaches, but they don't want to know. And it's smart for them not to want to know. Now, Even though you got some coaches who are on yeah, wiretaps. Yeah, they or can they talk about a crime and mean they're convicted of a crime. But wait a minute. Wait, but they I'm know so about tired. a crime. Yeah, so, right. Hold on, hold on, hold on Jason, hold on. go ahead. I yeah, love this here. Wait a minute. You didn't even let me finish. Actually, I did let you finish. You did not. I, I, want, I want Jason to talk. I'm trying to. I want to understand one thing. What a show. I want to understand one thing. So... By your, by your, I don't want to say logic, by your... Because it ain't logic. Well, go ahead, Jason. Talking about Jason, crime. go so ahead. If, if, I were, if I were on tape saying, Roland, I want you to go shoot Scott, and then he shoots Scott. I'm not liable for a crime. I haven't committed a crime there. There's, no, the there's no conspiracy. The subject we are talking I, we about. We haven't conspired you, in with, your death. Without, without corroboration, the corroboration is that he went and shot me. My point is... But the they, they, went and, they went and committed no, the crime. No, no, no. It depends on what's on the tape. So, Roland, just shoot it. If they're aware of it, doesn't make it a crime. But wait a minute. But they Here's talked the thing. about Let's it, talk right? about something else that black people never want to talk about, right? <laughs> no, oh, no, seven we, out of no, nine. No, we're discussing this subject. Okay, seven, seven <laughs> out of nine went to jail and therefore prosecuted, and therefore that's a racial inequity. Well, wait a minute now. Why are those black people committing the crime? That's like being set up. Why are they like, committing the crime? You, because the white not, coach wants the top the, player, Jamal. Oh, so they don't have, they, they don't have an independent right just, to not commit Jamal, the crime. Jamal, go ahead. No, no one's saying they're not. One second, one second. Hold up, hold up, Pipe down, Jamal, go ahead. If this is the business of college basketball, and we're all saying we know this goes on, it's also not, it's probably not just the 56% of the of of the coaches who are black doing it, there there probably be some white assistant coaches doing the same dirty stuff. Why did why aren't they being prosecuted? We'll get to them. We'll get to them. But no, here's but the bottom line. Hold on, here's Julian. No, 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 no. Juli why do the crime? You Julian, go ahead. Julian, go ahead. Scott, hold on, hold. Julian, go ahead. Scott is showing observed ignorance of the labor market. Oh no, I'm uh, not. Yes, I'm you so are. Honesty. Of the labor market. Julian is talking. You're going to jail. Julian is talking. You know, the, the point is that these brothers want to keep their jobs, and so they're doing what they have to do to keep their job. If it's not the if the head Breaking coaches the are not Julian, go ahead. The head coaches are telling them they're winking nodding it, and the head coaches deserve liability as well. I need to see the, the challenge is head coaches need to be held responsible, athletic directors need to be held responsible, and university presidents need to be held responsible. And I mean, if that were the case, this nonsense would you stop. Have and, to and, Jamal, and, you and Jamal, and Jamal, this is what we also know, when a head coach says, go and get me 
the number one player, that assistant coach knows I got to go get the player because who is the one who's only making $150,000 or $200,000? The assistant coach. Who is the one making three and four and five million? The head coach. And the head coach knows if I don't go get the top ball players, if I don't play this game, I can't keep getting my big salary. So the assistant assistant coaches are the ones who are having their careers destroyed and going to jail because, because they understand how the game is played. Jamal, your final comment. No, I totally agree with that. And I, and I also think that a lot of these black assistant coaches, they're, they're used as recruiters. They're not, you know, they are different assistant coaches. Some assistant coaches help with the defense, so they help develop the players. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times these black assistant coaches are, are, are strictly there to do this, you know, to work right. in recruiting and work in the city business of recruiting because they, because they, because they can, you know, because they, he going to finish. Go ahead, Jamal. Right, because people think that that's all they can do, relate to these black kids who are playing the game. They're not truly given a chance uh, to really work up, you know, work and, and climb up the ladder and become head coaches as is represented in the numbers. Like I said, 56% of, co- of assistant coaches are black. Only 17% of the head coaches are black. There's an issue there. And again, what you also see, if you are a top black head coach in basketball, let's say uh, at one of the SWAC schools or one of the HBCUs, isn't it amazing how you never get a call from one of the, the larger universities? Jamal Murphy with the undefeated. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, Scott, you can finish your whining. Not, not whining. What does any of that, to your listening audience, what does any of that have to do whether I'm in a position to commit a crime or not? If I commit that crime, it's called, it's called, colli- it's called, to commit the it's crime. Called, actually, they are. It's called collegiate sharecropping. No, what are you, an apologist no, for crime No, no, what no, I, no, no. What I am is, what I am is somebody, what I am is somebody, what I am is somebody, what I am is somebody who understands big time. What I understand is somebody who understands big time college Got athletics it. and i understand it's a multi-billion dollar game Got it. and what i understand is when the coach says go get him he means go get him by any means necessary julian final comment so what but all i have I to say that? is that julian final bo- comment the bottom line here is that as you say college athletics is a profit center for these colleges i think that they're all complicit i think that some of the presidents are complicit frankly as a former president i would say you know what's going on on your campus and, it, I mean, you know I'm at the happening. University of Maryland, so I'm not going to say anything right now. Well, hell, <laughs> University of Maryland. Uh, hell, you, 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 you can't say nothing. What does given, it have to do? All right, folks. All right, folks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> bottom line is it. Bottom line is here. Bottom line is here, y'all. You are You are biopic. You are totally. for committing crime. What I'm an apologist for is when you have... When you, have the little guy paying, <laughs> you. you have the little guy paying the price for the big guy. That's that's my that, problem. That's the issue. It's called it's share, it's called, it's called sharecropping no, in, no, it's called sharecropping in college sports. All right, y'all. Don't, I'm gonna go to my next story. The Westboro Baptist Church, designated by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group, has announced plans to protest at the upcoming commencement ceremonies for Spelman College, Morehouse College, and Clark Atlanta University. And the church is located in Topeka, Kansas. They've got a well-documented history of organizing hateful protests, which is why they're classified as a hate group and are monitored by the FBI. Uh, You know, these people are infamous for boycotting funerals. Uh, Five years ago, six years ago, our mutual friend, Cora Masters Berry, mom passed. Mm -hmm. They were at the funeral 
they said they pass out these flyers that were utterly hateful uh, because Tommy Masters, Cora's brother, is the mayor of West Palm Beach, Florida. He had just passed a piece of legislation um, asserting gay rights. They hate gay people, and their their reasons for boycotting Morehouse Spelman and AU Center have to do with I think Morehouse has just uh, passed a policy about transsexual students mm -hmm. or. Transgender. Transgender students. Uh, Spellman has done something similar. AUC has a guy there who's who's gay. But th they are crazy people. Mm -hmm. The funny thing about them, however, is these protests, they pass out these flyers at uh, Is Dr. Isabel Masters' funeral. It's about 10 little scraggly-looking white boys. Scraggly-looking white boys. I mean, so the security we had, we had serious security. Right, right. This was not happening. It was, you know, the security. I was like, safe. And, and it's a handful of these nuts. Well, I want them to say something to the wrong brother at Morehouse. That's Jason, all I want. The, the, the one thing. Oh, no, getting away, nah, getting away, get no, getting away with Black Pan trying to get to that graduation. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> go ahead. You know, to, I, 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 I want to move that we stop calling them Westboro Baptist Church because they're neither Baptist nor a church. church. <laughs> right. They're just the Westboro hate organization or whatever mm. we want to call them. Mm. But they are not in any way thinking about. They just like to throw the word God in there, but they are not a church. Ain't no God and nothing they do. Yeah, they're right. they're just a, a hate organization, and they you know they want cameras and they want attention. And that's all they want. That's all that they really. All right, Scott, go. Mm -hmm. God sent the shooter. Wow, and that's oh. religious. I tell you, they're religion. Nuts. You know, here's the deal. I don't know why America and the Constitution allow us to have hate groups in America or gangs in America. There is no right to free speech that connotes violence or hatred. Why don't we just shut down every hate group and every urban gang in America, regardless of why they are? You have to shut down 1600 Hold on. Pennsylvania. If you Avenue. are hateful, if you are violent, you have no right to operate, yeah. and you can you can you can Good infringe on their constitutional yeah. rights and the First Amendment any day of the week, like we do any other time or any other um, uh, law in this you, country. I was with you until urban gangs. I think that that's a lot hate more complex. Group. It may be. We but can I, do that I just in a, in a, in a, in a, It's hate group. Hate group. Whether it's Jason Finish. Please, Scott, you yeah. talked long enough. Yeah, no, I, I, so I, there have been, you know, people who's going to classify someone as an urban gang. You know, oh, there, we can name them. There were we people. We can name them. There yeah, were the, We can name them. You know, drugs, violence, cappers. There were, there were gang symbols. There were people who, insignias. if you had left it up illegal. to the government, Make they would have said the Black Panthers were a, an urban gang. There are no, people who wouldn't classify oh. that. Yeah, they would have. Hold on, you, you, you wouldn't have. have. Well, they right. would have called no, the SCLC a gang. Black Panthers. Right. Yes, yes, they would have. The black country. The black identity extremists. That lets you know who we do not want defining. When the FBI says exactly. the black identity, we're all everybody on this panel is a black identity extremist. <laughs> the whole truth is to be all day. All right, y'all. New video shows Texas police racially profiling a black dad who was playing basketball yes, with his sir. small children in front of his home. It's called the next story. <laughs> Stop talking, Scott. Uh, it turns out the cops had the wrong damn guy. Y'all, this video is unbelievable. It took place in Harris County, uh, which is, of course, where Houston is. Uh, press play. Oh, Lord. He don't even know my name and tell him I have a warrant. What did, what did he do? That's what I'm saying. For what? For what? from Louisiana. For what? For what? Yeah. I don't even live in Louisiana, so how would I have a... You don't know my name, so how can you tell me I have a warrant in Louisiana? Sir. Sir, stop. Clarence, hold on. Okay, but you don't even know me. I already got you. No, you don't even know me. Sir. You don't even know my name. I'm under control. Why would I trust you? Hello. What it, what, I'm, I'm confused. He don't even live in Louisiana. No, 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 no. You don't, how can you tell me I have something you don't know my name? 
You just pulled up in front of my house. Stop. And then, nah, I don't trust. Could you shake it like you scared of something? Okay. Can you shake it like you scared? He don't live in Louisiana. So I don't only live in Louisiana. How the hell would I ever go in Louisiana? First of all, the officer tried to say that he stopped because of the man's dog. As if, I guess, black man can't have dog. Then he said there's a warrant out for his arrest. And then he shows him the photo. I, it, it, Jason makes total no, no sense. I mean, the whole video. Uh, and the guy's like, so you want to handcuff me? I'm not under arrest. What, what the hell? Yeah, I, I I couldn't understand it either. You know, the, and I, we, I, we, I think we all would agree that a man or a woman's home is their is their castle. So he's for him, the house, so though. for him, he was. On I'm his sorry, own it doesn't side. matter. He's outside the house in Texas. In Texas, okay, it extends to your property. Right. It's not just your house. It extends to your yard as well. Right. In fact, if someone even tries in Texas. Being a native Texan, don't have to be a lawyer. You ain't been there in and, years. And first of all, steal my homestead. <laughs> I pay the property tax in my damn house. In Texas, <laughs> if somebody tries to steal your vehicle mm -hmm. from your home, you can legally shoot them in your driveway because damn. that is your property right. on right on your property. Go ahead. Right. No, I, I mean that that's his property. He was not in you know committing a crime or doing anything. 
for them to come up and all of a sudden didn't get physically grab him. Did not he put his hands on him. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Go, hold on. He didn't ask for, you know, he did not. He did not. No, 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 no. But he grabbed him. They did not. They had the right to do that. He did not. No, you don't have the right to put that. They had the right to do what? You could run that video and I'm right to do what? Death by death. Go. This. Okay? Look at the video. No, no, no. Talk. No, talk. Okay. We saw the video. It's a reasonable stop. How? They Why? did not handcuff. Hold on. Hold on. How? No, no, I'm asking. How is it a reasonable How stop? Is that reasonable? They had a warrant. They, they had a warrant on him. No, they didn't have a warrant. Because of the dog. No, 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 no. Has... Hold up. Let me walk you through. No. They stopped because of his dog. Great. Whatever. So what's the what's the, what's okay. what, so what's the reason? Whatever the violation. You can't have a dog. It's not a violation. No. The dog they stopped because he was a black oh, man with some dreads. That's what you want to think. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Whether it was the dog that may have been unleashed, whatever the the regulation is. Here's the deal. The police have a have a right if they believe that possible criminal conduct is afoot. Possible. Hold on. What was possible? Hold on. Are you calling for speeches from the policeman's union? He is tolling for speeches from the policeman's union, Roland. That's what he's doing. You can't learn much on this show because people talk versus listen. What I'm trying to say to you through the video is even if the stop was for wrong reason, they can reasonably stop you. They asked him for ID. They said they had a warrant. He wanted to argue, and he did argue. Because uh, they said his name was He said they wasn't okay, quitting. Okay, but you ain't going to resolve that with the police on the street like that. And you know what? They left. When he gave them the ID and they looked at the picture of the warrant, which is why they did not apologize. On. When the cop came back, came back and they sh when the second cop came and they showed him it was clearly not him he's going let off me, yelling and cursing at him let me ask, let me ask again no oh, no first know, of all okay, i'm not okay, gonna hold okay, on because it's my show because that's not, what he did let though let me ask again Scott, you very no, wait, wait, wait let me ask again the brother what? was wrong what had no, showed the brother was wrong. they would have got on their way what was what was reasonable about the stop they had probably they didn't have probable cause no they had no cause on but they're learning. If they you can see have... from the video, they're learning it as they get there. No, 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 no. no, no, no. They started with the dog. Wait, 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 they started wait. with the dog. They the shipped it. They shipped. This is what they did. You know what? They did the same you know thing. Hold in up. Most jurisdictions. No, no, no. The cop can stop you and ask you no. why. Did. Actually, actually, and no. Most. No, hold up, hold up. First of all, that's most. But the law also says that unless I am under arrest. I do not have to give them my ID. Not, not, not true. And by the way, a reasonable it, where, stop. Where? I don't have to What's be on the arrest. Hold this on. This is not reasonable. Julian, go ahead. It's you unreasonable. This man I can is, reasonably is, detain you whether you've talking. committed a crime or I not. I ain't talking, babe. So now, here's the deal. I want you to listen. I was listening to you, law. but it didn't make any sense. Well, you can't so learn therefore, about the law if you're talking. I, I'm not trying to learn about the law in this case. I'm trying to learn about why this black man enjoying his yard on a nice day has his popo roll up on him for no reason, roll up on him with this bogus nonsense about the dog. Then they go from the dog to the warrant in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Is it the dog or the warrant in Louisiana? Mm -hmm. And the, as the woman said, you and heard the, only the voice. One he and screaming live. was him. The only one cursing was him. Let, let me say this. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, one second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, one second, one second. One second, you would be arrested. One second, one second. Allow me. Let me allow me to read this here. I'm sorry. Allow me to read this. Hold up, and this and this and this black person is gonna read this here. There's no requirement to provide information in any particular form, such as a license or identification card in Texas. If you are not under arrest, you do not have to identify yourself. If you are being detained, mm -hmm. but not under arrest mm -hmm. in Texas, Here we go. 
what you is... do not have to show an ID. That is if, Texas law. See, if, if there's a warranted issue, they can reasonably deny no, you. No, you not, you deny no, you have that, a no, 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 no. Scott, 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 me? two things. He was not under arrest. He was. He was not detained. And they had a and warrant. He, he, no, but they did not else. have a warrant. Well, somebody and else. They can reasonably somebody else. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Scott, 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 you obviously did not read your packet. They said, they said, there was a warrant for this some other man in, in Louisiana. Louisiana. Yes. That they they did not they were not in possession exactly. of a warrant for that guy. And they investigated it. And they can detain you to investigate. And he did not have to show his ID. That was a, that so was nothing but so ugly, how does it that he's not the person? Wait, 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 wait. It was malice and it was myopic on this guy. It was malice and it was racist. That brother drove the whole narrative there. No, he did not drive the narrative. He drove the whole narrative. His business. The police were reasonable, too. I don't think they were reasonable. He had his hand on it. No. You did not put your hand on somebody. If you're investigating, he could be detained. Allow me to say this. First of all, first of all, hold on. First of all, first of all, how many first of all first of all, how many Texans on the panel? Well, I spent some time in Texas. No, no, no. How many Texans on the panel? You ain't from Texas. I'm sorry. How many folks are born and raised in Texas? How many folks I'm sorry. How many are still registered to vote in Texas? How many pay homestead taxes in Texas? How many still so here's what I do know. As a Texan, the law says <laughs> if you are not under arrest and being detained, you do not have to show your ID. The brother was correct. He did, did not have... One second, one second, one second. And here's the second thing. The reason why they are investigating the officers, because the officer's story changed. Yes. And this is no different than what took place with Sandra Bland. They'll be clear. Where the Texas Department of Public Safety, a trooper, was looking for a reason. We have a video of him being in the car, mm -hmm. talking to a supervisor, trying to figure out what he could charge her with because he had no real reason to do so. That's what you have going on right there in Texas. And so Scott can sit here and spin it all he wants to. Spin it but that's fine. All right, y'all. Let me, let, let me deal with let, Before I go, let me show y'all this crazy <laughs> ass white woman. Roll it, please. No charcoal grills are allowed. I'm white. I got you, Carl. Um, illegally selling water with our permit? On my property. Whoa! Hey! Hey, Give me your ass. You All right, y'all, so Michael Hancock, he is the mayor of Denver. He's African-American. Actually running against him for mayor. Uh, this was an interview that she did. It was on the page of this guy, Brother Jeff, uh, from his Facebook page. Uh, and she was being interviewed uh, by this sister. This, about, this went about as well as one can expect. No. <laughs> Do you know what they do in the, in the NAACP? And you don't have to give any specifics about the name chain, but what they stand for, I think, is an important part of the question. 
Uh, well, they do advocacy and for for um, the African American community. They um, talk about policy. They talk about. Yeah. Y'all, she wasn't asked to name SNCC or CORE <laughs> or NUL, National Urban League. She wasn't Y'all, she was asked about the NAACP. Now. Founded in 1909. No, but here's the deal. If you white, if there's one, if there's one group, okay, if, if, if you, if, if, if there's a gun <laughs> to your head and they name you, they name one black group you know about <laughs> NAACP is probably the easiest one for you to name. You can call it NAACP, NAACP, <laughs> take your pick. The NAA. She clearly <laughs> ain't got no clue, Jason, what the hell right. NAACP is. And, and actually, I, I, would, I would debate whether you could even call the NAACP a black group. I mean, it's always been mixed. It's always it's had white members. Founded by white people. You know, founded by, you know. Well, white had, and black people. Yeah, white, white and, and black people. people. Yeah, they, found... they had, you know, white money involved. So, I mean, the, the whole thing is, you know, for her not to know that group, the most historic Just group that we have, mm -hmm. uh, is is really okay. troubling for somebody who wants to run for mayor of an urban city. That woman was amusing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she truly was amusing. I, Roland, I don't know where you get these crazy ass white people from, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't hey, know. We got them on video. We got them on video. I just roll tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know where you get the tape from, but uh, obviously that woman should not be running for anything but her life. <laughs> well, let me ask the panel this, if I may. Let me ask the Should that disqualify her from running for mayor? Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell it yeah. should. Hell yeah. Right. She doesn't get a second chance on that. Hell no. Second she doesn't chance? go home What's and read, read up on the NAACP Scott, you and know come what? back. You must have taken like your white people pills today. <laughs> you can't get him. I mean, first you want to defend I the public. I didn't say she should be able to run. Hey, y'all, if, if we, it was if, a question, if we were in court, does that disqualify sustained. her? Sustained. <laughs> <laughs> I want I'm, a motion for reconsideration. Denied. Denied. <laughs> Anything else you got? Appeals. Denied. I, I, throw your ass, I hold your ass in contempt. Yeah. You go out to the Supreme Court. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe Uncle yeah. Claire's got something for you. Exactly. <laughs> he, don't, he don't talk. Exactly. He don't talk. No, but he'll point. All right. All right. I think it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so now she don't get no. Center. She don't get no second chance. Nope. We don't care. No. We don't nah. care nothing she do. It don't matter. Uh, and I, I, I'm just saying, if you're gonna know, if you're gonna need, to, if you need to know one, know that one. Right. You know that, that, that that'll save you uh, any kind of heartache. But and she, she took... obviously didn't even know where she was going. That who was yeah. interviewing her. Uh, the like was... they've got advocacy. Voter uh, <laughs> registration. They she didn't say that. No, she didn't say that. She went policy. Right. Uh, what policy? Right. I don't know what the hell else they do. And she was highly amusing. That's all I have to all say. All right, y'all. Thank uh, you for the math rolling. Uh, look, I mean, that's why, that's why we got crazy. That's why people say they, they, they do what they do. So, all right, y'all. Uh, today is uh, is the uh, Founders Day for Sigma Pi Phi fraternity, uh, the Boule, uh, founded uh, May 15, 1904 in Philadelphia. Uh, go to my iPad. The logo's right there. Uh, and so, shout out to all the uh, Archons, members of uh, Sigma Pi Phi. Uh, Scott's one of them. Epsilon Chapter. Don't, don't ask. I don't know why. Epsilon Boule, but, rather. Forgive okay. me. All right. Whatever. What's there your Boule? The, the high Boule. The high Boule. The high Boule. So, there we go. So, uh, so again, congratulations on today's Founders Day. All right, y'all. First of all, I want to thank our panel. But coming up next, though, uh, I got an interview with uh, Reverend Dr. Alan E. Waller. He is the author of the book, The Code of the Righteous Warrior. Ten Laws of Moral Manhood for an Uncertain World. Uh, I need to just give Scott this book.
uh, after, after <laughs> today's segment. That was shameful. I've been a warrior uh, and so, life, uh, so I look forward to having this conversation. Uh, don't forget, if you want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered, go to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. Scott still hasn't given. He's been lying for six months. For you, he ain't wrote Jack. So, uh, again, y'all can support us. <laughs> uh, support via Cash App, PayPal, or even uh, Square, or go to the website. And we certainly uh, want you to do so. Every dollar you give, of course, goes to support uh, a great show. Uh, all right, folks, I'll see you tomorrow. But here's my conversation with Reverend Waller. All right, uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, Alan Walker, the code of the righteous warrior, 10 laws of moral manhood for an uncertain world. Uh, let's, let's get right into uh, this book. Uh, first and foremost, um, when we talk about a moral world, uh, we, we're living in a world now where you have uh, a president uh, who you know, people on the right call this Oh, this great Christian and one of the most Christian folks, whatever, uh, who repeatedly lies, uh, who right. attacks people. He attacks women. He trashes people. And, and so how, how do we operate when we talk about living in a moral, in, a, in an uncertain world, having moral manhood, when the president of the United States, frankly, is somebody who, frankly, does not qualify for what you're describing? You're exactly right, and thank you so much for letting me be a part of this conversation. That's exactly why I want to talk about what it means to be a righteous warrior. Um, what what does moral manhood look like? And, and it's the basics. Uh, uh, what I've tried to do is take from my my Christian experience, my martial arts experience, and my athletics experience, and derive principles um, of decency. Uh, and this is not coming from someone who sits on top of a mountain having done everything right, but someone who's sort of lived life. Um, and I want to talk to people about making right choices. I want to talk to people about, uh, you know, a, a righteous warrior is a man who loves God, loves himself, loves his family, and wants to make a difference in the world. Um, and I wanted to add my voice to the conversation. You, uh, you and I have grown up. We've seen... Um, promise keepers, million man march stuff. It's not that I'm trying to do that, but I am trying to say that beyond the stadiums and crowds, there's some basic things that uh, men, people ought do to make this world a better place. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do with this book. And when you talk about that, as you were talking, I, I think about when I hear these phrases, uh, toxic masculinity. Uh, I, I had someone uh, who told I had, I had a woman who once said, "Oh, you're hyper masculine," and and I told her I said, "Well, I am who I am. I am a man," uh, and I, and so I said, "So what exactly is it about me being a man that you have a problem with?" And it was a very interesting conversation because uh, on one hand we have folks who say we want men to be men. Mm -hmm. and, and you say the code of a righteous warrior, but then others who will say, "Oh no, but that, but that's 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 hyper masculinity." And so, so what do you think about the phrases that are being thrown around uh, to describe men today? Where you're sort of like, "Well, okay, what am I supposed to be? If that's this phrase and that phrase, well, what am I? And how am I supposed to operate and act in this world?" That's exactly right. Well, and I take up that issue around, you know, even men talking to younger men. I find that talking to some millennial men 
my definition of manhood or what I was raised with, I'm 55 years old, they would call toxic masculinity. Um, but I try to frame the conversation to suggest that maybe sometimes we who are Christian and far right uh, have messed up the definitions. Uh, and even our pictures of Jesus, our understanding of manhood coming out of the church uh, has caused us to have this polarized conversation. I want to suggest things like this. Uh, my theology of self-defense comes from Jesus Christ himself. I believe that Jesus was not necessarily a pacifist. He was a pragmatist. If you read the scriptures, you'll see that Jesus was dealing with aggression three times, and three times he chose different things. One time he ran away. One time he stood and fought for his father's house. And another time, for the good of all of us, he let the other side win. A real man understands which one of those should be used at what time. Sometimes it's best to walk away. Sometimes it's best to stand and fight. Sometimes you let the other side win. Your relationship with God should inform those decisions. And so uh, it's, it's that type of conversation that I'm trying to push forward in this book to think about what does it mean to fight? Um, uh, some would argue that fighting is only with our fists, uh, but we have to bring a different type of understanding of manhood and strength that is beyond brute strength, mm -hmm. uh, but it is stick to it is character, uh, and that's what a righteous warrior is. Well, and, I, and I think also when we talk about, um, when, when we talk about this notion of, of manhood, uh, it is a question yeah. of redefining it because, uh, like for instance, you know, you, the, we, we were raised all like you know, the man is the one who uh, who goes out and makes the most money and who is the earner. But the reality mm -hmm. is, you might be in a situation where your wife is making more than you. Uh, that doesn't yes. that doesn't mean that oh my good oh my goodness that's a bad thing. I'm no longer being a man. It's just the reality that that's what she's making. Like I, like I don't, I don't get caught up and hung up in that. The problem is when people. Uh, then begin to just somehow say I'm less than a man because of that. So they are now defining their manhood through the basis of who makes how much money, which to me is the stupidest thing in the world because my philosophy is uh, my money is your money, your money is my money, and our money is our money. That's exactly right. But also the, the root of that, that argument comes from what I think is a misunderstanding of a basic Christian doctrine of the headship, uh, that headship argument. While I have that argument, what normally has happened is head has been defined as boss or head has been defined using the Greek word arche, which means over. Um, when the, the scriptures talks about head in terms of kafale, which is source, which, which has to do with being a strength, a support, a good partner, which goes more into what you're defining as shared power uh, and not over power. And so I try to push that because uh, you'll notice on the book, I say, I want to take up that conversation. A generation ago, we might assume that a man could marry uh, and then his salary alone take care of the family. We don't even live in that economic reality anymore. Right. For a young couple today to make it, um, they both need to work. Uh, and we need to affirm the humanity of our sisters, affirm uh, their gift. Uh, I think we need to debunk 
uh, the old theological perspectives that kept women off to the side, not preaching, not serving, not leading, uh, and recognize that them being elevated and supported in the fullness of their humanity does not in any way take away from uh, real masculinity. And that's what a righteous warrior understands. Well, also, I, I would dare say when we talk about th this notion, again, as, as I look at uh, the the, uh, the chapter, uh, even when you talk about being a family man, to me, the notion of being a righteous warrior, forget, again, who makes what. Um, and again, I've been in the situation where I make, I've made more money, my wife has made more money, I'm still the same person. I think what we have to do is teach men to understand yeah. what spiritual covering means. And so That's we talk right. about being spiritual leadership, looking to you That's to right. be a spiritual leader and not get caught up. And even even this, even this idea of, of roles, uh, I, I, I remember that was a woman who um, told my wife, she just, she, like she said, I, I can't believe you take out the trash and, and you get uh, tires rotated. And my wife was like, okay, first of all, calm the hell down. He cooks and cleans. And so and she right. said, she said, so, and I got no problem with him cooking and cleaning. And again, this, so, so for this woman, she, her view of a man was, oh no, a man takes the trash out. A man gets the oil change and gets the tires changed. Well, my wife loves that stuff. I can't stand that stuff. I'm busy doing some other stuff. And again, but she's saying, but hold up, wait a minute, but he also cooks and cleans. And so again, I think part of this deal, we get, we have gotten so trapped into these roles as opposed to um, that's right do the dishes get washed do the clothes get cleaned do the tires get changed did it all get changed trash get taken out i don't care who does it as long as it get done that's exactly that that's literally what i'm trying to argue in the book but also in people to understand that Throughout the book, I challenge men to un their unique role, their unique person. Uh, who are you as a person? So I try to argue that when I think of my actually, hold on one second. So, um, because it actually broke up there. So let's uh, so start with your answer again. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. The, the authenticity is what really we're looking for instead of old roles. Who are you as a person? Um, and in the family man discussion, uh, I try to argue that a generation ago, when someone asked you, are you a family man? What they meant was, are you married? What I argue in this is we're family men, whether we're married or not. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you cannot define your whole self outside of relationship to others. But that doesn't mean you have to be married. I think for a long time, we defined you, you weren't grown until you were married. But even if you're not married, you're someone's son, you're someone's brother, you're someone's uncle, you're someone's cousin. And the fruit of your manhood should be seen in how you are related and how you fit in the larger relational nexus in your family and in your community. Uh, so in that, I, I argue that understanding yourself, understanding how you fit 
as a relational being with others is what a real righteous warrior is. All right, then. Well, look, we certainly appreciate it. The book is called The Code of the Righteous Warrior, Ten Laws of Moral Manhood for an Uncertain World. Reverend uh, Walla, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you very, very much. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com schedule release to learn more.